0: You are now tuning in to the Mind Body Podcast, where you will go behind the scenes of how the mind of successful entrepreneurs, experts and true leaders really works. Here you won't just listen, you will understand the guiding principles to create massive change in any area of your life. And of course, this podcast is hosted by the strong, lovely, with the sexy Jewish accent, LIDOR Dayan! Straight from Bulgaria, but originally is from the UK. A very smart, talented young man who is only 23 years old with a very successful online fitness business while still being a medical student. His name is Azri Zakaria. Welcome to the Mind Body Podcast. Azri, how are you doing, brother?
1: I'm very good, thank you. Thank you for having me on. Much appreciate your kind words and kind introduction. Thank you very much.
0: Yes. So uh, I would like to start with your own fitness journey. So how did you start your fitness journey and what got you to, to start it?
1: Yes, yeah, so for me, I started out very skinny. I actually was very skinny starting out. Difficult to put on weight at that point and then had a long journey of putting on weight and then ended up becoming very fat actually so I went up to 97 kilos had a lot of mass on me had a lot of fat to lose and then I had a four month also transformation where I lost 21 kilos got to a very lean dry version of myself and I've maintained around there for the past few years so that's my entire journey so it was a lot of guessing a lot of mistakes It was just a lot of being miserable with how I looked I had belly rolls which I hated and that's one of the main things I talk about a lot because I know it's something that lots of people struggle with as well, and you know it's just that constant feeling of feeling unhealthy, out of breath all the time, couldn't fit in any of my clothes anymore, and it's of course a difficult journey to go through. And everything plays in your head when you feel like you're doing everything right, eating healthy, this and that, and you don't really know what you're doing. And that's when I actually high coaches myself, so I lost the weight and learned everything there is to do around fitness nutrition been studying nutrition itself for a fair few years and that was my initial journey to begin with
0: and when you started uh, how old were you
1: I was when I actually got into the fitness space 16 17 around there I'm 20 now
0: yeah so young so yeah basically most of us do all these mistakes right when I started I was like 14 years old and I did all the mistakes that you can possibly imagine. And it's all about trial and error. Uh, but just like you did, like you actually went to, to the internet, started, you know, do your research and understand more. And not just, you know, like most people do, they just ask their friend that is a little buffed or look good. Because uh, most people just don't know what the fuck they're talking about, right? So, what exactly uh, was the main mistake that you see that you did that most people do and uh, how did you educate you, yourself about it
1: Yeah, so that's a long long list of mistakes to go through so i made every mistake in the book that you can possibly think of I went down the initial route of when I was losing fat is probably when majority of the mistakes were made. But initially, of course, when I was gaining weight, went into a crazy dirty bulking period. It was not going to like six, six to 6.5 thousand calories a day just oh, to wow. put on weight. And of course, that was across a long period of time as well. Not clean calories, uh, 70% clean, I would say, put on a lot of weight and then went into this dieting phase where... Once again, tried everything that you could possibly try, uh, cutting out every single food group in the world, uh, trying every single bad diet, hoping it would work as well. And then, of course, the uh, the classic endless cardio to try and burn off calories as well. And, uh, yeah, of course, when you realize that, you know, everything has to be dialed in, everything has to be working in tandem, you get the results. So that was uh, more of a process of me and guessing and then of course doing the research at the end of it
0: so so now you know better now you you are a coach yourself and you run a successful online fitness business uh, so if you could go back to Azri that it, it was just 16 years old how would you coach him like what would you tell him to do uh, in order to avoid those mistakes that you did in the past
1: Yes. So I would 100% tell me to stop going for the extremes, stop pretending that there's some quick fix, magical solution out there that's going to rapidly build 10, 15, 20 kilos of muscle and rapidly lose 30 kilos of fat or something like that. That's the biggest mistake because you get into this cycle of going up in weight, down in weight, and this constant yo-yoing place of staying in the same place right it's what i see very commonly with clients as well it's everyone's trying the new thing that's on social media especially with social media nowadays right everyone who has a loud voice gets heard and the newest trending diet thing which sally down the road got results from or steve managed to do well on is apparently the truth the gospel as to what exactly works and that's what everyone will follow so I would tell myself, take it easier, know that there is time that is going into the process and know that the right stuff with learning about nutrition properly, learning about calories with that being the driving force of the majority of your results to begin with is what's most important. So get into research and get into learning a lot earlier.
0: So if we're looking, for example, uh, in the nutrition aspect, uh, what usually do you educate people about? Because I saw some of your stuff on Instagram. You talk a lot, a lot in all of your content about calorie surplus or calorie deficit. So would you mind talking a little bit about that? Because a lot of people, because I am I come from the same industry, right? So they always say, ah, can I eat this? This is bad food. This is good food. And what most of us, uh, the, the actual good coaches are trying to say, it's not about good or bad it's about amounts right so if you can talk a little bit about that
1: yeah i understand where people want certainty in exactly what i can eat what i can't eat and it's that there's a place for people uh, for diets for those people but at the same time people do need to understand that what actually matters is your caloric intake in terms of losing or gaining weight. So when it comes to losing weight, being in a caloric deficit is the only thing that's going to give you proven results. And that means that if you eat one pizza a day, and you ate nothing else for the entire day, if you ate one slice of pizza, let's say, then you will lose weight. So does that mean that, you know, pizza is good for you? Or does that mean that, you know, you should 100% eat just pizza, and that's it. No, not necessarily. There's other factors that play into it. So I like to look at, I like to look at it as a pyramid of importance with, you know, the base level of that being your calories. So with your calories being the most important thing with weight loss, with weight gain, without this, there is no weight loss or weight gain, right? If you're not eating less calories than you are burning, you cannot lose weight. If you're not eating more calories than you're running, then you will not gain weight. And then after that, I see it as protein with protein being the minimum protein intake, which is, you know, we typically see that it's 0.6 to a gram per pound of body weight, I mean body weight. That would be the next level of importance with what's actually necessary and what you need to look at. And that being there is to make sure that you're, of course, not breaking down your muscle muscle tissue. And also, so you're promoting growth with protein synthesis. Next, I would say pretty much everything else, right? Your, uh, your vegetable, your micronutrient intake your vegetables, sleep, stress, everything that is supplementation will come down in there at a point, which is what most people think is the most important thing at the bottom. This is what's stopping me from losing weight, gaining weight. I need to use this fat burner. You need to use this thing to boost my testosterone tomorrow. And uh, that's what's going to help me lose weight, gain weight not how it works unless the base level is there regardless of what you're doing above that doesn't matter right so that's how I like to look at it and that's not just how I like to look at it that's just plain science so uh, everything else which is wrapped around in fancy names or diet names keto carnival paleo whatever it is is working because of this pyramid of importance nothing else
0: what do you think But when people come to you and say like, oh, but I have this stuff hormonically or uh, my cortisol level, so it's because I'm stressed that I don't lose weight or my or, I, I fucked my metabolism and stuff like that. Do you still believe that no matter what, if we look at the main cause, it calories in, calories out? Yes,
1: yeah, so there's no one that can't lose weight there is absolutely no one that can't lose weight. And even when people go into this, so there's plenty of studies done on this as well. I'm not just saying it out of uh, my opinion, it's just based on science and studies as well. But when it comes down to it, if you're eating less calories, you will burn, you will burn calories. So you will burn mass. So whatever tissue you have on you, you will burn. So whether it is your hormones that you feel are Stopping you, whatever it is, there's, I don't, it depends on, of course, what hormone you're talking about, what effect it's going to have. But regardless of whatever issue that is, usually that's an excuse for people that haven't consistently stuck to a deficit for a reasonable period of time. So when I'm talking about weight loss here, but when you haven't consistently stuck to a deficit, I mean, and that count, that all goes all the way into tracking accurately, consistently for a reasonable period of time for you to know that that's something that you have that you can actually cross off the list. So what I mean by that is if you haven't stuck to a deficit for three weeks then and you're not losing weight, you are not in a caloric deficit. That means you need to be eating less calories on average. So that doesn't mean, you know, you, I've been good for five days of the week, but on the weekends I had some meals here or I didn't track my oils or I didn't track my sauces, I didn't track this and this, but it was small anyways. It adds up, everything adds up especially with discrepancies with nutrition labels with tracking apps with everything that you can possibly think of there will be inconsistencies there and then i see people also easing back calories that they burn and then saying you know because i burnt this many calories i can eat this much more no one really knows how many calories they're burning these tracking apps won't be as accurate as you think they can be up to 40 percent off with accuracy oh. uh, and that's proven off studies as well so there's a lot of things to look at but if you keep it at the very, very simple basics, and you've done that consistently, you will notice you'll hundred percent lose weight.
0: So, when you said uh, for a long period of time, it it needs to be a minimum of two to three weeks.
1: I, that's a good gauge for you to confidently say that you know I am in a deficit or I'm not. And like that. How that's...
0: much uh, do you aim to lose in terms of body weight, or maybe measurements? If we're looking at. You know, body fat, belly fat, something like that?
1: It's very person dependent. So, you know, someone starting at 200 kilos will be losing a lot more than someone starting at 70 kilos, just in proportions. But with, let's say, an 80 kilogram man, right? At a, the first four weeks or so, we can expect to lose water weight. and That comes off a lot quicker. And at that point, you could, they can expect to lose. You know, in a reasonable deficit, four to five hundred. Let's say four hundred calorie deficit, so they can expect to lose around a kilo a week for the first four weeks, and then you know, around half a kilo uh, a week from there on. These are very, very rough average numbers. It can be anywhere around that range, but that's what I typically expect clients to lose.
0: Okay, and how do you address? Uh you know, mental issues, because at the end of the day, 80% is psychology and 20% is about the mechanics and, you know, nutrition, uh, you know, you give them all the nutrition, workout plans, all of those kind of stuff. It's great, but still there is the psychology aspect that somebody don't believe he deserves to look in certain way and all of those kind of stuff. So how do you address that?
1: Yeah, honestly, I would say the psychology aspect is the bigger part of it the information only gets you so far i always say information is nothing without execution and action and if the only thing that's stopping you from executing and acting is the habits that you've built and the actual mental state that you need to be in for you to do this consistently when you know you hear people say i need the cons- i need the motivation to get started i need to be consistent First of all, the consistency usually comes down to what you're actually doing, what's how your actual nutrition exercise is structured. If I tell you to eat, you know, 800 calories would cut out all your carbs. Realistically, like you've most people have done this, you know, tried keto, lost some weight, realized that it's giving them unbearable cravings and then they have to eat some form of carbohydrate and then they binge and then they put the weight back on. So it's like the standard story that you hear again and again and they say you know keto worked for me i just couldn't stay consistent you couldn't stay consistent because of how you actually set yourself up to fail in the first place so that's one thing and the initial idea of you needing motivation to start you needing this to do this again and again it's always just about taking the first step taking action and then and it's about building the habits behind the action that you take so when you have when you take action you get the results, you have more motivation to take more action, to get more results again and again. And it's this constant cycle, constant loop that compounds, as with anything, right? Everything is difficult before it comes easy. For example, when you are a child, when you are brushing your teeth, you know, it's not something that all children enjoy doing, but at a certain point, you know, when, you're, when your mom forces you to brush your teeth again and again, then it becomes something you don't even think about in the mornings anymore. If everyone's a grown up now and they don't even think about it. It's the same thing with what we do as well, right? With the whole coaching side of things, we make sure that this is a stepping stone for people to learn how to do this by themselves without it even being a thought. So they're on autopilot. And with the whole idea of being consistent in the first place, consistency is easiest to maintain when what you're following is easy. That's why, you know, the whole idea of sustainable dieting without the whole restrictive approach where you're confined within these foods and these set plans where you have no freedom around that when you know you're going to be going out on weekends you know you're going to be having vacations a busy schedule travel all coming up when you know all of that's coming up there's always always going to be a a factor that's going to throw you off and that should be expected and that should be learnt in terms of how to handle that situation so those are all things where if you have the right structure you have the right learning you shouldn't ever find a problem to begin with
0: Mm -hmm. and and how do you find for like you've been in the field for a while and you've been coach like thousands of people by now so what would you say is a common patterns that you see among the success stories that you have from people that got into your programs uh, in terms of maybe their mentality or the, the habits or the structure that you put them into
1: that's a very good question so one of the main things i see in people who are successful is their initial willingness to learn as soon as i know someone's willing to learn i can almost always tell that they're going to be successful because regardless of having all the information they also do all their homework around learning more and more. Right. And the next thing is their lack of ego behind the process as well. So as soon as someone comes in with an open mind, open book, fresh into being told like what to do and knowing that this is going to work for them, if they stay consistent, stay uh, motivated with the whole process, then that's easy for me to say, you know, they're going to get results. So with doing that, the, Main thing I like to see as well is, first of all, a real hard, like not hard working but like a, a strong mind into being able to do the work. Because, you know, when new things come about, the new things are what's going to be difficult. And as long as you're ready to approach the new things as a challenge, as a learning curve, then they'll always, always be successful. Right? We both know this with everything. As long as you're ready to take on a challenge, then you will be successful. Then the only other thing that I feel would stop people in terms of getting results is their unwillingness to adapt when changes come about. Because as you know, across the period of coaching someone into losing weight, losing fat, building muscle there needs to be changes along the way it's not just abc here's what you do for the next six months or whatever it is right it's more how consistent how can we make changes based off based off of data feedback progress and how can we keep changing that as long as people are willing to adapt when changes come about which can be difficult then they'll be successful
0: that's that's awesome man and i would like to talk a little bit about you now so Uh, you run a successful business now and uh, you have a lot of stuff probably on your place because you're also a medical student, you need to study. And beside that, you are also in a relationship, if I remember correctly. So how do you balance everything? Like uh, dating with your woman and uh, running the business and studying because you look very calm. I say just from assumption, yeah? I I see from the side, you look like a very calm dude and like uh, everything... Is okay, everything is under control. So, how do you manage that?
1: (laughs) Yeah, no, I appreciate you uh, saying I'm comfortable. So, with that, that was a, a big learning curve as well for me. Of course, you make all the mistakes going into it, just like you do with nutrition. So, at the beginning, of course, it was I was running around like a headless chicken before I had proper systems, proper team, proper structure. I have a solid team behind me, which Of course, at the beginning, I was doing wearing all the hats in the business, doing absolutely everything myself for a long, long time. And that was not going to lie 18, 19 hour work days, minimal sleep, very not very productive for my fitness goals, as you can imagine. And then the same with, you know, with relationships as well, like when you're doing that, when that kind of workload is on you, of course, that has a big impact into how much time you can allocate to just the relationship itself and as you can imagine that causes problems and it's about how you can actually adapt into first of all priorities and second of all making sure that you understand that absolutely everything is your fault so if you're unable to fit in a certain amount of time to uh, do these tasks for the company for the business itself then that is your fault it's like what did i do the day before where my 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 sleeping patterns were bad. My I didn't get enough rest. So that's why I didn't have enough energy to do this amount of work. And then I got my very first mentors like three years ago. My business mentors helped me a lot, a lot. And when I started uh, a long time ago, in the learning curve behind time management, energy management, um, the actual business itself, of course. And when I used to, I still do. I track my time. So every minute of my day is tracked into spreadsheets. As sad as that sounds, like a. Uh, it's everything in my life is tracked my calendars uh, are tracked well of course I've used a calendar forever and then it's just allocating time into all the tasks so if I know my most productive hours are this hour this hour this hour it's like how can I allocate time into these hours to do exactly this and then how can I let's say and allocate this amount of time to go out for dinner with with my girlfriend as well and how can I Uh, actually allocate this much time to go for a walk as well go to the gym then it's about working it all in and then when you get to a point where you're consistently at a higher work rate that level of work rate doesn't become as difficult so when you're able to consistently do that again and again the difficulty level decreases and then you're able to of course produce more and you're able to function better and have a higher level of learning but then that at the same time is working on your mental state and mindset, reading a lot of books, watching a lot of podcasts around people who have been there, done that. All a lot older than me in their 40s, 50s, who have made all the mistakes. So I learn a lot from them. And that's why I've been listening to them for the past, you know, four or five years before I even started all of this. So I prepared for a lot of it, all of this basically.
0: Just a reminder for whoever is going to watch this he's just 23. So I, I'm, I'm talking to you. I'm like, I'm talking to uh, like a 35, 40 years old. So that's really amazing. Uh, what, what got you into all this personal development? Was any event in your life when you were younger that that got you to really reshape your thinking and your mindset? Because this is very unusual to talk to a 23 years old that also a student Uh, in the medical field and runs a business and do it very very well and his way of thinking is way different than the norm so what got you to to really reshape that that mindset
1: yes so that's a good question it's all came down to asking yourself the right questions as to why you want to do any of this so at a very young age I saw very far ahead of me as to what I really wanted to do. And when you really dial it down to what you want to do is to help people and you realize that, you know, this will only get you so far. This will only get you so far. I realized, of course, going into medicine, you are a, you're working and you're capped at your limit as to how much you can work as a producer for a company, for the hospital or whoever owns a hospital. And then you realize if you really want to help as many people as you possibly can, then why can Elon Musk, for example, help more people than every single doctor out there in the world? Then you realize, okay, so how I'm thinking about how many people I can actually help is not correct. So then you have to learn about every single thing that these people know to get to where they are at, as you would do from every single professor that you would to become a medical student or become a doctor. Right. So it's it was that learning process from a young age around what are they doing that I'm not and what can I do to get there to get to my ultimate goal? I've said this many times. None of this is for me. This doesn't come down to me. I plan on giving all this away. My aim is to help as many, many people as possible. I want to build my own hospitals, build my own, school, build my own schools as well and uh, education centers in other countries. So a lot of this is more for other people other than myself so when you see it that way then it's like I could be gone tomorrow I could die tomorrow I think about this a lot as well I could definitely be gone tomorrow and be Die tomorrow tomorrow. and what have I done in my life so far to do absolutely everything I can to get to that stage where I can say I've given everything I've got so I thought about it like that a long long time ago before any of this ever came to fruition so it was always like this it was just a matter of this is kind of what's showing at this point from what i've always thought so that's where it was and then of course when you learn about the people that are at this stage and you realize none of these material possessions nothing that you're um trying to achieve i don't think there's anything wrong with that i don't think there's anything wrong with having goals around these material possessions or anything but when you realize none of that actually amounts to anything except a status symbol whatever it is for what you could possibly also help more people with or that you should actually use as fuel as motivation to help more people then that became a turning point for me as to realizing that these people at the top of their game absolute multi-millionaires billionaires their end goal is to also give it all away and they don't care about any of these material possessions then it's like, where are my goals actually going to be focused on? And there's only one real route for me to get there, and that's to help as many people with, uh, amounting to what I can possibly get to. So,
0: that that's pretty awesome to hear, brother. And if you de- attach yourself from your from yourself and look at yourself uh, from the side as the other that he is now, are you proud of yourself? And are you happy? Who is the man that you become today?
1: I don't think anyone's ever happy with the man that they are on a day, any at any day. I think that anyone that is progressing towards something, they will always think that they could be better. And I the same with the fitness space with body dysmorphia, for example. Everyone will always see themselves with a pump and That's what they're always striving towards. I always see myself as someone in the future that I'm striving towards. And I know there's a lot of holes to fill for me to become better and better. And that's where I still see myself as a student in every single area of life. I think I'm an absolute beginner in every single area of my life. I'm open to learn absolutely everything. So to an extent, yes, I'm happy with where I am. But in the bigger picture of how i see myself i think there's a lot of improvement left so you can only you know you can only see your reflection as to uh the it, when you ask a question like that you only see the reflection as to your your errors your shortfalls as to what m- more you could be so that's how i still see it but i don't think that's a bad thing either i think that's when you see it like that then you are more inclined to improve so it's a mixed have, dance
0: but in, in the if we look at like you you feel more confident about yourself because the more you do and the more you take actions uh, about the stuff you tell yourself okay today i'm gonna do xyz and you do and you do even more that builds more of your confidence right
1: 100 yeah no 100 i think becoming healthier become, becoming better at things that you know you wanted to become better at and seeing that as stepping stones that you are consistently progressing on is very very fulfilling in every area of your life so the whole health-wealth relationship triangle when you see yourself getting better at each stage and learning more and then consistently taking action and implementing all of that into your life and seeing the the actual results from implementing that it's a huge huge boost to confidence as well for sure
0: so, so what's the next thing for Azri?
1: <laughs> That's a good question. Uh, right now it's first of all I graduate this year, so finishing up medicine and having my, my medical degree, and I'll be a doctor. And then, of course, while I'm doing that, scaling up the businesses. So there's a lot of positions that need being filled within the company that I need to uh, still doing a lot of recruiting myself. So. That's one of the main things I'm focusing on, expanding the team, helping more people and growing you the company. You can right
0: say now. you want to partner up with Elon Musk. It's okay. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I, I wish. He's, he's oh. levels ahead.
0: I'm yeah, sure yeah. you will, brother. Like uh, From the side, from what I see that you're doing and your mindset that is uh, so strong, that you're on the right track, man. And uh, Thank you very much. Last question I have for you is, uh, what would be the legacy you would like to leave after you are no longer here?
1: I would like to be seen as someone who has personally changed the lives of many people for them to be around to help more people themselves. So I see the direct effects of me helping people, expanding like branches on a tree to help more and more people. And I want to be seen as someone who's given away more than I've taken in this world. And that's how I would like to be viewed, exiting everything. And in terms of legacy as well, I want to become someone that's actually proud of who I actually got to at whatever level it is that I get to. So that's yeah. where I see myself.
0: Pretty really awesome, man. And uh, I, I really want to thank you for the the time taking for being on my podcast and uh, sharing your your amazing knowledge and mindset. And uh, last thing, where can people find you?
1: Thank you very much. And I'm on Instagram mainly, so Azri. a z R A dot Zachary. Z A K A R I Y. And that's where I mainly are.
0: Yeah, I will also put links on it. Uh, check him out. He has amazing content. Uh, he's very database driven. So he put all the science into place and he make it easy to understand. Uh, so thanks, Azri.
1: Thank you very much for having me on. Absolute pleasure.
0: If you enjoyed this interview or any other one from the Mind Body podcast, feel free to subscribe to my podcast at iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud and at my YouTube channel. Also, feel free to share this podcast on Instagram by tagging the Mind Body Podcast. Do you want to be a part of the Mind Body Podcast? So remember the fast factor. The fast factor stands for one Facebook. Become a part of the Mind Body Podcast community by joining our Facebook community just by searching on Facebook, the Mind Body Podcast community. Number two, act. Don't just be a passive listener. Act upon what you've just learned by applying one simple thing from any episode or interview. Three, subscribe. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, or if you're visual like me, then just search the Mind Body Podcast on YouTube and number four train others cause just like i always says leaders create leaders and you're all here to grow together and by training others you're training yourself so this is the fast factor remember it facebook act subscribe and train others and please feel free to leave a review which will engage all your VAC senses and the VAC senses stands for visual, auditory and kinesthetic which when you use all the three combined you remember stuff much better for more information about my coaching public speaking and taking your mind and body to all new levels check my site at lidodayan.com till then never ever forget to smile see you soon